I give thanks for all of you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for the life that you live on a daily basis and the light that you shine in a dark world. Your love for God is not confined to just you and your family, but it radiates out in your workplace, in the schools, in the neighborhoods, communities. This world is a better place because of you and people like you that stand for the Lord. So thank you. I want to follow up um, tonight with a little bit more what we were talking about this morning as it related to Luke 17 and the 10 lepers. And then we want to add some more verses to it from the book of Ruth, chapter 2, and verse 8. Ruth, uh, chapter 2, and we begin uh, reading in verse 8. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearst thou not, my daughter, go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Interesting that he called her his daughter. Verse 9. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? And when thou art athirst, go unto the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? She identifies herself as a stranger, though Boaz identifies her as a daughter. And Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath fully been showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother in the land of thy nativity, and art come into a people which thou knewest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. And she said, let me find favor in thy sight, O Lord, for that thou hast comforted me and for that thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid, though I be not like unto one of thine handmaidens. We know that this is a great illustration of the bride the church and Christ and how the Lord has redeemed us. He is our kinsman redeemer, as Boaz illustrated to Ruth. I want to speak for, for a few moments this morning. Then we've got some video to show you of people that have come to the church and are going to offer um, some, I think, tremendous testimony. That'll be a great blessing to uh, many of us. But I want to talk for just a moment about three-way thanks, three-way thanks. Would you bow your heads and would you ask the Lord to be with us and help us right now? In the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost that we feel. We thank you, Lord, that we can come now to this special time and this special place and give praise and glory unto you. What a great God you are, Lord. You have blessed us and you have kept us. And Lord, as we come into this special time as a nation when we celebrate Thanksgiving spiritually, Lord, as your bride, we, we acknowledge the fact, Lord, that we have so much to be thankful for. We stand in awe of you tonight, Lord. We stand in awe of your goodness to us. You have blessed us and kept us. And Lord, truly, we are thankful. In the name of Jesus Christ, everybody said amen. amen. You may be seated and thank you for standing. I was talking to uh, 
a friend of mine recently, and he was telling me about some things that he was struggling with in his own heart. And he said, uh, I really need the Lord to help me because uh, I'm just resentful about some things and it's, it's affecting me spiritually. And uh, I said this statement to him that I feel like is appropriate to repeat to all of us tonight, and that is this. Resentment and gratefulness or thankfulness cannot reside together in the same heart. When you begin to replace resentment with thanksgiving, resentment has to flee. They cannot coexist in the same person, in the same spirit, and in the same heart. Because thankfulness leaves no room for discouragement. Ruth was an amazing lady. She was, as Boaz pointed out in the verses that we read, she was a person that was uh, a stranger in that she was not in her homeland. He calls it the land of her nativity. This was not uh, where she was born. She had experienced uh, heartache, the loss of her husband. She had said those beautiful words to her mother-in-law as they, they left uh, Moab, I believe, and came back to um, the land that Naomi was from, which was, of course, the promised land, Israel. And they came back, and as they did, she said, your God will be my God, and your people will be my people, words that are often um, repeated at weddings. And because it's such a, a beautiful uh, demonstration of a spirit that was pure, a heart that had no guile in it. And, and Ruth was amazing, just like this leper that returned to thank the Lord in that they did not identify themselves as anything being owed to them. They totally approached the, of course, the leper Jesus and, and Ruth um, Boaz, who was her uh, master, I guess you could say, in terms of she was gleaning in the fields that he owned, but they, they did not come with any sense that anything was owed to them. It was just a total demonstration of thankfulness. And the incredible thing about Thanksgiving is that it leaves no room for discouragement. If you are discouraged, if you are resentful, all you have to do is find a way every day to give thanks for as many things as you can think of. And discouragement will flee and resentment will flee. The Bible gives us this example in numerous places, but it talks about praying for your enemies. If you have uh, aught in your heart against someone, you can just begin to thank the Lord for them and it will dissipate out of your spirit. It's an amazing thing. You say, well, I just don't, I, I just don't think I can do that. Well, you can do it. It'll take a little bit of work, but you can do it. But all the reward. And what happens is as you begin to give thanks for other people, it'll be an easy transition to give thanks to the Lord, to give thanks for life, to give thanks for everything that is in your life that is a blessing that God has helped us and kept us with. I, I once read a legend about a man who found the barn where, where Satan kept his seeds ready uh, to be sown in the human heart. And and on finding the seeds of discouragement more numerous than all the others, he learned that those seeds could be uh, made to grow almost anywhere. And when Satan was questioned about it, he reluctantly admitted that there is one place in which he could never get the seeds of discouragement to thrive. And he said, where is that? And Satan replied, it's in the heart of a grateful man. In the heart of a grateful man or woman that would say, oh God, you have been so good. I, I can't be discouraged when I think about the goodness of Jesus. Hallelujah. I can't be discouraged when I think about all the blessings of God. It is said that in Africa there is a fruit called the taste berry. And it's called that because it changes a person's taste so that everything eaten tastes sweet and pleasant. Sour fruit, even if eaten several hours after the taste berry becomes sweet and delicious. Gratitude, I believe, is the taste berry of Christianity. Gratitude is the taste berry 
of Christianity. And so that when our hearts are filled with gratitude, nothing that God uh, sends us seems unpleasant to us because we have the taste berry of gratitude. And it has affected everything else in my heart and in my spirit. That's the way God works. A sorrowing heart sweetened by uh, the promises of God, it has a way of dispelling grief. Whenever you get gratitude in your life, uh, a burdened soul is, is lightened when you begin to sing God's praises. Uh, when you're disappointed, when you're discouraged, uh, oh, you can begin to think about the goodness of God and, and how he loves you. And, and you keep the taste berry of gratitude in your heart. And, and it'll do for you what that little fruit does uh, in Africa for the African. Uh, everything begins to taste good. Everything begins to taste better when you filter it through the gratitude of a human heart. I believe there are some principles here that we can extract from these two passages of Scripture as we move into this week of Thanksgiving. And I do believe that many of us have a sincere and genuine interest in making this holiday not just a time of turkey and football games, but a time of expressing thanks to God. And uh, I, I want to say this. Uh, I want to say how thankful I am for all of you that have given and contributed and and for those of our, our staff that are putting all the Thanksgiving baskets together and tomorrow they'll go and distribute those and what a blessing it is to be able you know the Bible says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive and it really is thank you for doing that and what a blessing it is to our community as we uh, begin to distribute those that's part of really what Thanksgiving is all about uh, there there is three things that I want to share with you tonight that I believe is very uh, apparent and obvious in the verses that we read this morning in Luke 17 and then also what we read tonight from the book of Ruth. And uh, I believe there are three ways that it's very clear that we can give thanks and we can make it a, a part of our lifestyle so that we're not just, you know, sort of a one-time special occasion thanksgiver. We can live a life of thanksgiving. And... Uh, I believe that these three things uh, are, are very important and they can be a part of our daily life and, and perhaps they already are, but we can sort of uh, focus and hone them in a special way. Uh, the first one is perception. Uh, as I mentioned to you before that, you know, the, the leper was identified that returned as a stranger, though that did not deter him. And it was also Ruth that, identified herself as a stranger. They had this uh, perception, and we'll get into more than that in just a moment, but if you have the right perception, you can be uh, a person of thanksgiving. Uh, the second is proclamation. Proclamation, when you actually proclaim thanksgiving. You not only have the right perception, but you speak it into existence. And then finally is prostration. I'm going to say that word as carefully as I can, prostration, which is where you physically put yourself in a position of worshiping. The man that returned back to Jesus, the Bible says he laid down at his feet. Uh, Ruth, uh, it identifies the same thing that, that when she came, the, that she positioned herself into a place of worship. Just a moment ago, I looked around the building as we were singing and the presence of the Lord was so strong and I saw people with their hands up, and I saw people with their heads back, and I realized that it was more than just a proclamation, but that actually they were physically positioning themselves for worship. Oh, there's something powerful when you kneel down in the presence of God. There's something powerful when you lift your hands and begin to worship the Lord. So I want to talk about these three different ways that we can give thanks. And in verse 15 of Luke 17, you read where this leper returned back uh, to give praise to God with a loud voice. Certainly there was clear proclamation. But it is said of him that he really perceived what God had done to him. It was more than just a proclamation. It started with a change in perception. Ruth was the same, was the same way. Thanksgiving is not a matter of what has happened to you this year. It's not that nearly as much as it is to see uh, how 
God has kept you this year. It's, it's not so much what has happened to you, but it's, ha- it's how you see God's hand in your life this year. In spite of all the challenges of this year, I believe that there are many uh, under the sound of my voice and perhaps even in this community uh, that, that want to thank God and, 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 and to have an attitude that rises above uh, bitterness and revenge and cynicism. I, I believe that we're surrounded by people uh, that want to thank God more than just for what we have around us materially, but there are those grounds for gratitude that says, Lord, we do not deserve anything, but oh, you have been so good to us. We are just a stranger in the presence of God, but we have a perception, Lord, that you have blessed us and you have kept us, uh, and we give you honor and praise. I wish that for just one week our culture would not identify how many people are sick with COVID, but how many people have recovered from COVID. I'd like to hear a statistic on how many people have not gotten COVID this year. I I think back and I think about all of the people that God has kept and he has blessed. That's where you get a heart of gratitude. In a study of gratefulness from the University of Pennsylvania, researchers found that a person who practiced gratitude had better physical health. They found that the expression of gratitude and kindness caused the brain uh, to hardwire so that it would seek out positives in any situation, any dire, even dire ones. And as a result, grateful people were better at bouncing back from loss and trauma. They said, and I quote, a grateful stance in life is relatively immune to both fortune and misfortune. You see, a grateful person doesn't have to have anything good happen to them for them to have a spirit of thanksgiving. Researchers found that grateful people see the blessings and not just the curses, and they found that the human brain could not be resentful and grateful at the same time. Now, there's the science for it. I I talked about it earlier, but there's your science. The human heart, the brain, cannot be both resentful and grateful at the same time. It's all about getting the perspective, hallelujah, that we don't deserve it, but, oh, we're so thankful. You see, my friend, God has given different creatures different ways of seeing things. Do you know that a hawk that is perched on top of the Empire State Building can see and locate a dime resting on the sidewalk of the street below. It has the visual acuity eight times sharper than that of a man. A bee has an eye with 15,000 facets in it that enables that bee to see the sun as a single dot and to navigate by relating to where the sun is. I was surprised to find out that a kingfisher has two kinds of vision. One for flying above the water looking for the fish and another that enables it to dive beneath the water and to get a fish. Oh, there's two ways, there's two kinds of seeing when it comes to Thanksgiving. And our Lord Jesus said we should avoid the nearsighted vision of the nine and learn how to see like the one person who took time to perceive what God had done for them. I'm glad that God's given us two different ways to view life. Oh, we can view life from above and see all the blessings of God. But even when you get underwater, even when you get in trouble, there's still a God, hallelujah, that can give you the vision to get through every trial and every temptation it's the difference between the way an ox and an artist looks at a meadow an artist looks at a meadow and sees the vaulted sky above the emerald green of grass carpeting the floor and and a crystal stream flowing through it he sees beauty an ox looks down and sees the next mouthful of grass So the question is, how are you viewing life? Are you viewing it as an ox or or as an artist? I would suggest that if you want to be the unlikely thanksgiver that the leper was and that Ruth was, then we have to stop and see what God has done. Because sometimes, folks, it takes a little while to adjust your spiritual vision. Have you ever come into the house of the Lord not feeling all that grateful, all that thankful? Maybe you dealt with something getting here. Maybe it was a struggle to get out of the house. Maybe you got hit with something right before you got into the house of the Lord. Some message, something came to you. 
and all of a sudden your whole world has changed and, and you come into the house of the Lord and, and you just start thinking about what all you're going to have to do as soon as they say, you're dismissed. And so you come in and you come in with an attitude of, of just getting through it and dealing with the next crisis or the next problem or the next situation that's in front of you. But as you got into the presence of God, and you begin to sing, and you begin to worship the Lord, and you begin to feel the love of God, and the Word of God goes forth, and your spiritual vision begins to adjust it, and you find yourself saying, oh, I've got so much to be thankful for. I know there's problems waiting for me out there, but right now, I'm going to be grateful. Right now, I'm going to be thankful. I want my spiritual vision to adjust, just like the eyes and the cones and all, and the part of our natural eye that changes from light to darkness. There is a trans that happens in the spiritual realm as well. Here's a few examples of how our perspective can change. Be grateful for automatic dishwashers. They make it possible to get out of the kitchen before the family comes in for their after-dinner snacks. Be thankful for husbands who attack small repair jobs around the house. They usually make them big enough to call in professionals. <laughs> Be thankful for children who put away their things and clean up after themselves. There's such a joy you hate to see them go home to their own parents after they're done. <laughs> Be thankful for gardening. It's a relief to deal with the dirt outside of your house for a change. Be thankful for teenagers. They give parents an opportunity to learn a second language. <laughs> Be thankful for smoke alarms. Smoke alarms? Yes, they let you know when the turkey is done. <laughs> it's all a matter of perspective. But we quickly move on to proclamation. Proclamation is the second way to give thanks. In verse 15 of, of Luke 17, when the leper saw that he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. When we see with our eyes what God has blessed us and we begin to feel it in our own hearts, we will see who we are in God, and then when we see it, we will say it. It starts with perception, and then it moves to proclamation. There are 140 references in the Word of God to giving thanks to God. 140 references to giving thanks to God in the Bible. And in the Psalms alone, there are 30 references. And virtually every one of them is a call for us to not only feel that we are thankful, but to verbalize it in an open way. Whether it's in song, or it's in private, or public thanksgiving. Why is it? Why is the call for us not just to see it, but to say it? To not just perceive it, but to proclaim it. Why is that? Because when you withhold your thanksgiving, you detract from your experience of the good things that God has given you. Someone has said the thankful person tastes his joy twice. He tastes them when they happen, and he tastes them again when he gives God gratitude for it. C.S. Lewis put in this way in his book on the Psalms, it's a natural part of our lives when we see something that appeals to us, not to look at it mute and speechless and silent, but to express praise for it. Oh, when you read about this leper, uh, they may have all felt thankful, but there was only one that returned to express it. I'm thankful for the people of God that say we not only feel thanksgiving, but we're going to express thanksgiving. You have to move thanksgiving from just thinking about it to proclaiming it. So Brother Tyler has prepared a, a special uh, video for you as we think back over this year and uh, we view the harvest and this is the expression of thanksgiving from some of our east wind family god bless you
I'm, I just want to say a couple of words about um, East Wind and what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for the church and what the church has done in my life, being a part of this world and trying to get out of the world and to get into the ministry of Christ. I'm, I'm happy to be here and be part of this family, this ministry. Ever since I, I found this church, I think I'm really at home. My family really like it. We feel like we're blessed every time we enter in this church. It's like uh, we discover a new, a new beginning in our life. Everything going great. Family is going greater and greater. It's like uh, every day, even when, I, when I'm at work, I feel like uh, I'm missing something. It's like uh, it's the greatest thing that ever happened to us. My little boy, so, I mean, my, my little boy, he loved this church. Every time you can actually, when I'm gonna go to see teacher, 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 always oh, talking about teacher, you love it. And my oldest son, oh my God, it's a blessing for him. He's in Bible study, and then he's doing great. I'm really thankful, thankful for this church. I'm thankful for East Wind. Um, when uh, Sister Amy asked me what East Wind meant to me, the first thing that popped in my head was peace. Um, I came in struggling with a lot, and. Um, the amazing thing is, every time I was walking out of the doors, um, I felt, or I literally seen God healing me. So like all my pain, my hurt, everything I was leaving at that altar, I felt God taking layers off and just healing me. And, and when I started coming here, um, I, I've only been here for five months, so in the state as well. So um, I left my other church and came here and God was doing amazing things there too. But I think in between, before I got here, I was struggling a little bit. But when I got here, God reminded me how he healed me from all these things. And, you know, he placed me here and he was giving me, you know, word that I'm going to continue to do everything if you just diligently seek me. And, you know, everything that you asked for in my name, you know, you will get it. I'll, I'll be there. I'll supply. I'll provide, you know, your family. And I just, I thank God for everything. I thank God for this church, the people, how they, um, you know, took the time out to even speak to me, to hug, to meet with me outside of church, to video, anything I asked for, they were always there. If it was through a text message or anything, and I'm just very grateful for that. We moved down here to Florida in March of 2020. And shortly after we got here, that's when the pandemic hit. So it's been kind of a crazy year up to this point. We're thankful for East Wind and the many opportunities that we've been involved in and uh, all that is going on here. It's great to see such a revival church, uh, even in the midst of a pandemic, to see everything that is going on and the continual growth that the church is experiencing. Uh, we're excited to be here. We're happy uh, to be welcomed in. We're so thankful for each and every one that has made uh, myself and my wife, my daughter and grandson uh, welcome here at East Wind. Looking forward to a great future, and uh, God bless each and every one of you. Uh, we just wanted to give thanks to the Lord in this season, with Thanksgiving right around the corner, and this being such a bizarre, weird year. Um, our testimony really starts about 10 years ago. Kind of started off when I almost cut my finger off at work, and this kind of seemed to start a chain of events. Um, Shelly went through back surgery shortly after that. We went through a time period where finances um, got sketchy and we ended up going through, without going into a long story, we ended up going through foreclosure and bankruptcy. And it was a very trying time for us, very unsettling and you know, through it all, we kept our trust in God. We kept on being faithful in our tithes and offerings. There were times when we, I didn't know how we were going to pay our go commitment. Um, we were doing breaking the chains back then. Uh, I didn't know how we were going to do our breaking the chains commitment sometimes, but we stuck with it and I knew the Lord would um, provide and bless us through it. Um, I think on my end, it was a blind faith because as he had mentioned, he would, you know, he would ask God what he should pledge for like go and different things that I would leave everything in his hand. And sometimes um, there was 
times where we was asked for a sacrificial offering or something, something was put on your heart to give. And um, he came back and he goes, Shelly, you know, this was put on my heart to give, so I, I'm, I give this amount. And the first time he did that, I was like, <gasps> you know, I was like, oh no, you know, and then the first thing that pops in your head is this bill due, this bill due. If God puts it on your heart, just do it. I go, don't tell me the amount. I go, just, just do it. Just say, okay, God put a mount on my heart, and I did it. So again, it came up again. It was a, it was a time later. It was a few months later. He goes, okay, Shelly, you know, God put a certain amount on my heart, and he told me to. I go, no, no, I trust you. I trust you. It's okay. Just, just, just do it. So on my part, um, I think it was a, a sense of just blind faith. Let's fast forward to 2020. Um, the church is going through a remodel. Pastor asked me about doing some of the tile work here. And um, we helped to get a, a contractor to do the floors. And I decided that um, my company would do the bathrooms. And I struggled with what to charge and all that. And I kept hearing and feeling in my spirit that for myself, my own labor, I should not charge the church anything. Um, and I thought, Lord, you know, this is kind of a weird time here. And I just felt in my spirit that the Lord said, if you take care of me, I will take care of you. And so I donated my time. Um, and so then 2020 just kept, COVID kept coming. And, you know, things started getting kind of weird in the, in the economic realm. And I started thinking, uh, you know, what's going to happen with the business? Am I going to keep getting work? Um, you know, are we going to be able to keep paying our bills? And I just felt the Lord say to me, you took care of my house. And because you took care of me, you will never lack for work. You will never uh, have any trouble uh, providing for your family. In the midst of all of the uncertainty, um, we were able to, uh, back in March, um, Again, remember, we went through bankruptcy and foreclosure um, eight years ago. And in March, thanks be to God, we were able to pay off our house. And um, by uh, September, we were completely debt-free, all of our debts paid. And I just want to give thanks to God because um, without the Lord, I don't see how we could have possibly done it. And I thank God for a church that's always been there and our church family. That's right. Um, without East Wind, you know, who knows where we would be, but um, thank God for every one of you and all of your encouragement to us. God has really been good to us and we're thankful to him and to East Wind. And thank you, Pastor Myers and your family and Bishop Myers. We love you. I want to praise the Lord. Uh, this past year has been something else, one thing after another, but God has always been there for me. And uh, after I, I uh, having a, this COVID-19, it, it was so bad that they had to call the ambulance. I was in the hospital and uh, I was there for two weeks and uh, I was just laying in bed and, uh, and uh, I was just out of conscious. And, uh, you know, uh, I was passing out all the time. My roommate had to call the ambulance on, on me, and uh, I, I was just laying there, and uh, didn't know what was going to happen. But you know, he just that's a healing. That's what he do. He's a healer. The main main thing about this disease is suck the energy right off, right out of you. I was out of work for the whole month, and. Uh, but, but I always have the faith in the Lord, know that He will brought me through just like many times in the past. And uh, I, I, I just trust in the Lord, I'm praying, and, and, uh, and he, he come through for me, my job was still there waiting for me. And after a while, and I got my own place, and, and I go back to work, and, and God just been faithful. And uh, that's, that's one thing I, I, I can remember that God is faithful. He never know another Christian out there seeking for bread. That He always provide. My God is a provider. I just want to praise the Lord for what He has done for me, for what He will do for me, 
for why he's always been there for me. Isn't that awesome? Isn't God good? Yeah. Amen. I also want to give a shout out to our brother Clyde Gibson, who has such a, a great uh, testimony. I, I love this testimony about how um, his boss um, talked to him and and uh, a few weeks ago and told him that uh, he would have to start working uh, two Sundays uh, a month. Uh, I think it's I think he works for Walmart, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right, Brother Clyde? For Walmart, and they said you'd have to start working uh, two Sundays a month, or or um, if he wasn't able to do that, he would get a cut uh, in pay. And he said that as he sat there, all he could think about was how that he was over the bus ministry at Eastwind and how he would have to give that up because two Sundays a month he wouldn't be able to drive the bus and, and pick up people. And as he thought about that, he began to think about um, how important the bus ministry was to him because when he was 11 years old, a man came and knocked on their door and he invited him to go to church uh, on the bus when Clyde was just 11. And, uh, of course, uh, he went to church. He started going to church through the bus ministry. He got saved. And that's where he met his, his wife, Rachel, and turned his whole life around. So all he could think about was if he had to miss two Sundays a month, what would happen to the bus ministry? Uh, someone... Uh, would would have to try to cover for him. He didn't know who that would be, and he knew that uh, it would be uh, a sacrifice for someone to do that, and he wasn't sure exactly. There were some people maybe that wouldn't be able to come to church because of situation on his job and not being able to drive the bus. And So as he thought about all of that, he decided to decline the job position and said, I'll take the pay cut if I have to, but it's important for me not to miss Sundays at Eastwind. And shortly after that, his boss called him back and said, you don't have to take a pay cut. I've got another position for you, and it will actually pay you more, and it'll give you Sundays and Mondays off every week. <laughs> Isn't the Lord good? Uh. It's amazing how God just sort of gives you double for your trouble, you know. What a great God we serve. And I'm so thankful for godly men and women that take that stand. Let me uh, conclude tonight by talking about this third way of giving thanks. This thankfulness that culminated with prostration, falling down at the feet of Jesus, which we know is worship. If you and I are grateful and we express it, it will turn into worship. Gratefulness is the precursor to worship. The Bible says this leper that returned fell down at the feet of Jesus and worshiped him. This was a place of humility, the recognition of a debt that could never be repaid. And gratitude is not only the memory, but it is the homage of the heart rendered to God for his goodness. In 19, or rather in 1636, uh, during the 30-year war, one of the, one of the worst wars in the history of mankind in terms of just the sheer number of deaths, the 30-year war in 1636, epidemics, the uh, economic results, uh, it, it was just, it just devastated humanity. There was, a, there was a godly pastor during that time whose name was Martin Renkiff, in a single year, this pastor buried 5,000 people in his parish, about 15 a day. Can you imagine burying 15 people a day from your congregation? He literally lived with the worst that life could do, could give you. But if you look in the old hymnals and the old songbooks that we used to have, you would find that in the middle of that time, this man wrote a, a table grace for the children 
It was a thanksgiving hymn. And some of the words I quote, Now thank we all our God, I with hearts and hands and voices, who wondrous things has done, in whom his world rejoices. I don't know that I could write those words if I had spent the year holding 5,000 funerals of the people that I serve. But this man could write a song for the children, a song of thanksgiving that in spite of everything, we're going to give worship and praise unto God. Oh, hallelujah. I'm sure if we could uh, had the time tonight, everybody in this building could be uh, recorded and would have a song of thanksgiving. Hallelujah. But when you have a song of thanksgiving, it moves into worship. It moves into where you begin to come into the presence of God and you have a different perspective and you have proclaimed it, but now you are physically positioning yourself with an adoration and a worship unto God that says, in spite of every circumstance, I'm going to give praise and glorify God. Prostration, falling down in that place of humility. And evergreen is always green regardless of the changes in weather around it. It is green in the heat of summer as well as in the cold of winter. So also our lives are to be characterized by an enduring thankfulness that is unaffected by the changes around us. When the heat of a pressured week or the deadly coal of pain strikes us, we should stand evergreen, always thankful, regardless of what surrounds us. Would you stand to your feet tonight? Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to ask our worship team to come back, and I just feel that I want to sing that song one more time. And I'd like for us to close tonight by just giving thanks to the Lord for the great things that he has done. What a mighty God we serve. There were two things that David had never seen. He had never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed out begging bread. Oh, hallelujah. He said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. God will do his part. But will we do what pleases God and thank Him? Will we do what pleases God and give thanks to Him? Will we be that one leper that returns? Will we be that Ruth out in the field that literally throws herself down on the ground? Had a perspective that she was just a stranger. Expressed her gratitude and appreciation. But then, through humility, begin to worship God. If you're comfortable and you want to step out from where you're standing, I invite you to come down to this altar, and we're going to just sing and worship God together. If you're more uh, comfortable there in your pew, uh, you're certainly welcome to stay there. But I wonder if we could just fill this place with the praises of God's people as we enter into this special time. I believe God would inhabit the praises of his people when we just put everything else aside and say, Lord, we've just come to lift our hands and to lift our hearts and to worship you because you are a great and a mighty God.
praise and glory we just want to be with you we give you thanks Lord what a great God you are we give thanks unto you Lord give us an attitude of gratitude 
fill up our hearts with thanksgiving. Give us courage to proclaim it. Give us a hunger and a desire, Lord, to sit in heavenly places, oh Lord, to linger in your presence and in your love. We love you, Jesus, and we give thanks for all of your blessings. God bless you. Feel free to worship as long as you want. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. We pray you have a happy Thanksgiving. Remember, Jesus loves you, and so do we. God bless you in Jesus' name.